Y'all know what time. Uh. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hit them both cams. This what the people need. What's going down, people? What up, though? What's happening? It's your homie, homie C.L. And we back live on the Rundown South Podcast. Gotta know that. And I'd like to thank y'all for joining me, however you're joining me. Hopefully, you came through from therundown.com. That's D-A, rundown.com. Gotta know that. And if you like this podcast, you can get it every time it come out. Just go ahead, add it to your favorite podcatcher, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. We everywhere. We out here for you already and as always we coming to you live from atl georgia what a beautiful day you know all the peaches is coming out not gonna get into all that right now y'all know my status but uh i had to do a little reaction to game two so got blood coming back on the podcast once again got dj mckell from the dj life what up cuz oh what's good what's good Everything's good here, so let's you know, let's have some fun and get into it. Okay, you in New Jersey, right? Yeah, I am right now. Okay, so it's like even though there's no you know area teams, no New York teams in the finals, is this like a big thing up there? Is it like taking over? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, people here are really hardcore fans. Um, you know, you have the Giants, Jets. Um, you know, the Knicks, the Nets, you know, Yankees, Mets. So it's it's a big, you know, sports city and town area everywhere within New York, Jersey. It you know, they're hardcore fans, you know, but a lot of people surprisingly are cowboy fans here. Really? Or you know, yeah, some people are cowboys fans, you know, a lot of Eagles fans here as well. I can see that. I mean the Eagles is right there down the street, so I can see that. But like Cowboys fans, that must be just like some yeah. NFC East thing, and I don't know some bandwagon stuff, man. Well, look, you was gonna say something? Yeah, but, yeah, but no, they um, yeah, it's a lot of Cowboys fans. Um, you know, my barber shop. Well, my barber, he's a Giants fan, but one of the other barbers in the shop is actually a Cowboys fan. And the arguments that I hear back and forth during football season be kind of crazy. And it's still kind of weird because I'm a Lions fan and nobody likes us anyway, so it kind of works out. <laughs> right, man. That's that's the thing about being a Lions fan. You don't just bump into a whole lot of them everywhere you go. Nah, you don't. You really don't. Well, man, all right. I mean, we can get in the game, too. Now, I know you was real vague about everything that you was doing, but do you just want to introduce yourself a little bit before we get into the podcast? Yeah, um, you know who I am. I'm, you know, like you already introduced, I am your blood cousin. So, but I'm also a DJ from Saginaw, Michigan. Um, sports is literally the life. So, already, you know, growing up playing sports, I've done this, you know, inside and out. I've been, I play organized sports just about on every level. Just about only thing I didn't go was pro. So, you know, I pay attention to all sports wise. Already, man. So that's why, I, 
you know, I had to have you come on the podcast. It's it's long overdue that I just start having all of my family come on the podcast, but you know, we gonna do it. We doing it right now. Right. So uh I guess let's get into last night. Now, you've been giving me a lot of crap because I called Toronto in seven, <laughs> and I really believed in the defense and everything that was the chemistry disaster that I think that the Golden State Warriors are probably going to end up being by the end of it. But, you know, they they went strong last night, and they showed why yeah. they're the Warriors. You know, down nine, they scored 18 straight. Now, me personally, I did notice that the Raptors did miss a lot of open shots, and that was very fortunate for the Warriors. But, you know, you still got to go back. You got to play defense. You got to stop the run. You got to stop the bleeding. So that's one thing. When the Warriors come in with the avalanche in the third quarter, you just got to hold your ground. And Toronto was really unable to do it and was just steadily trying to come back all the rest of the game. Right now, anything that you noticed in particular about last night? Um, yeah, it was uh, just as you said. Um, defense was the major key in the game for the most part. And what I like individually is when well, Steve Kerr he decided to go with Demarcus Cousins to start out the game, which I yes. know played a huge factor in how Mark Gasol played. And because even though DeMarcus, he can't really get off the box quick enough like he used to. Right. And But the way they kind of did it is they made Mark play inside more. And, and then kind of, you know, they still trapped Kawhi. They still did everything else, making everybody else make all the heavy shots, which I've already told you before. They're, Toronto's very inconsistent on shot decisions and shot making. So... Even when we've seen in the um, the Eastern Conference Finals, um, Van Van of uh, he he actually didn't really do too much in the Eastern Conference Finals because he was cold. He has his moments, but he doesn't make consistent shots enough for Kawhi to take a break and be like, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do anything." And Kyle Lowry, we ain't seen Kyle Lowry in about three years, <laughs> so he's not worth anything. I mean, you you are right to a certain degree because they are a very streaky team, and that's kind of the the thing about role players. You know, you usually get inconsistent production from them on the road versus being at home, and they were fortunate to start off being at home in game one. Everybody who was a role player really stepped it up, and you kind of needed that to be the the same formula in game two because I did not think it would last going into Oakland or, I mean, in the San Francisco. Did they move already? No. They still, moved uh, yet. Yeah. Okay, they're still in Oakland. Oakland. All right, so, yeah, so that, now they got to bring it to the Bay. Let's just put it there. And um, I didn't think that they would be able to hold it up at least for a game, you know, probably, too, just right. knowing how the Warriors is and how that, that whole building becomes when they start doing their thing. But I want to see whether or not the boogie thing is for real, because I'm of the belief that once you're an all star, you have all star pedigree. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this to my partner and I was telling him, like, even though Kevin Durant is out and Clay Thompson is hurt, you still have two more all star level IQ basketball players in Iguodala and in Boogie 
coming in off the bench to fill in. So it's like right. you're shorthanded, but not really. So and th- even you have um like when you think of last night, you still have Bogut coming off the bench. You have yes, um you got you know even people like Sean Livingston coming off the bench. So it's you know those factors of those individuals in the game play a huge part in how the Warriors move and operate. And especially like if they were to come back and just say, all right, let's say Clay isn't really hurt. Like yeah, he may have like strained his hamstring or something like that of that sort. But it's not a point of where I don't think he's going to be out because he was able to walk off the floor and, you know, and be fine after the game. Right. But when we look at, you know, how the Raptors were last night when we were discussing role players, Kyle Lowry was in foul trouble the whole game for the most part and only scored 13 points and, and that had last, two assists. Yo, that last foul, I cannot believe that he would forget that he had five fouls and that makes you ineligible to be aggressive on reach ins. Yeah. Like that's a thing. I feel like he mentally just forgot. Yeah. And, you know, even then, you know, Van Vliet, he had seventeen and still only two assists. Like there's not a lot of assists going on in the Raptors offense. So they're all looking like they're depending on, you know, on Leonard to literally do everything. And when he's not on, it's like, okay, you got Siakam. He had 12, but really didn't do much of anything at all neither because they locked the defense down on him. Yeah, I, I could say, especially in this game, it really showed that the Raptors do not run a lot of sets. You know, I really didn't notice it before because it was kind of a formula that, you know, Kawhi would get the ball, they would double down on him, and he would just kick it. And so it really didn't show up until this game when everybody was just trying to penetrate and there was a wall waiting for them every single time. And it caused a lot of long possessions, uh, you know, bad shots, trying to get it off before the shot clock went off. And the Warriors kept in that same defense. And I didn't see anything to really take them out of it. So I'm curious to see if Nick Nurse, who... Um, I've heard some people are actually not a fan of, but I've actually become a fan of Nick Nurse and his adjustments. Right. But I'm curious to see what he does as far as a wrinkle in game three to kind of open things up in the paint because it was totally sealed off. They had no options to go but to shoot three-pointers. And, you know, the thing is with um, – if we will go back to the um, the Rocket series as well. Okay. Um they kind of had the same issue with how they ran their offense. And I'm looking when I see Toronto play, and this is why I've always said Toronto will either lose in five or six is because they'll get a couple of games off because of their actual abilities to live up to the hype. Mm. Game one, game one, when we were, when we discussed it the last time, game one was that, that little hype of the situation. This is your first finals appearance in Toronto you know, this is this is something we're gonna do for the city. Mm-hmm. And when you when you have that energy behind you, you're gonna play hard. It's like when you're in high school, your girlfriend comes to the game and you're like, Oh, I'm <laughs> gonna play for my girl. This is this is that that's that was that moment. And then now game two, when you see game three, it's like, all right, Warriors win game three, which is kind of the bad the worst situation going into game three because you win game two, you go up 2-0, but now you have to go to Oracle. 
which is probably one of the hardest stadiums to go and play in because they're loud. They're going to be aggressive. And it's not, you have literally no advantage there. Right. But also going back into the stats, even where, like, do you know how many assists the, the, um, out of the 104 points, you know how many assists the Raptors had the whole game? How many? 17. Mm. They had 17 assists for the whole game. The Warriors had double that. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of how their offense is built. It's around a lot of assists, a lot of slashing, cutting to the basket. And like like I said, I did not see any kind of movement. And it's it's starting to trouble me because I thought maybe after halftime when it looking like when it was looking like they were becoming fortunate rather than we're executing at a high level. I was thinking that they might have wanted to take the pace up, but it kind of looked like they was in a prevent for the whole third quarter. They was trying not to lose the lead. And right. you can't play like that with the Warriors. You can't. They come too hard. They come too often. They come too quick. Like, they're doing things all the time. So you can't really rest on a nine-point lead. You have to get them down by 20. Yeah, even I would say more than that if you if you can because we've seen them come back down twenty ish plenty of times. That is true. You know, Clay has one of the moments and he scores fifteen in the quarter and you can't do nothing about it. Right. Honestly, you can't forget Western Conference Finals. They were down twenty two of the games and down seventeen for like one of the games, and they came back every game and won. just amazing just knowing that anytime that the Warriors do go down at halftime that they might put on the show uh I remember explaining it to my son and I was telling him I was like look I know the Warriors is down 13 right now and because he knew they was just gonna lose that night I'm like look if you go to bed now by the time you wake up the Warriors gonna win the game like no, nah, damn! Right. I, I don't think that's what's gonna happen. They they down too many points. How they gonna do it? I'm like, just watch. And ever since then, he been wanting to shoot three pointers. Like I don't there's know. no there's no team in the NBA that can withstand the Warriors run in the third quarter. Like right now, I gotta buy some some Curry fives. Like my kids want to wear Under Armour shoes, and I gotta pay ninety dollars for them <laughs> because of I have. Uh, I'm trying to think. I actually had the last ones, the golden black ones that he came out with. Oh yeah, the original. Yeah, I have the golden black ones. I've only worn them twice, I believe. Mm. And make me out here feeling like I feel like Curry. Be <laughs> spotting up. I'm about to say, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you get in a couple runs out there. Oh, always, always. I'm in the gym at least five days a week, so it's it's fun. You probably can run laps around me right now, but I'm I'm getting back in game shape. You know, this year, I'm, as a 30-year-old, I'm coming out of retirement fully. I'm, I'm going to start actually running at least twice a week. You know, it's, oh. it's, it's really about to go down this summer. 
Hey, take your kids running. That'll give you motivation. That well, that's the that's really the motivation behind me coming out of retirement because Amari is really starting to play basketball, and he loves to hoop. He wants to go to the gym all the time. He wants to get in the run with the adults. You know, he's he's eager to play and be on a team because he just played in his first league earlier this year, or I should say last year, and uh. He just couldn't get enough of it. So it's been all mm-hmm. basketball 24-7, you know, 2K. You know, he you know, he still wants to play a little football in the Madden sometime, but right now Hoop is king in the house. I'm I'm loving <laughs> it. I'm I'm all about it. So, yeah, man, that's that's really how I got motivated to get back in the, in the hooping like I want to because, uh, you know, trying to – Get him to brush up on his fundamentals is is teaching me like it's making me learn things and be better at what I'm doing when I'm playing. So right, and the funny thing I know a lot of uh, like high school and you know AAU basketball coaches and one of the things they always tell me because we were arguing one day about when you're watching the Warriors play, they was like they had never allowed their players to watch Steph Curry play, and they all a lot of coaches always say he's bad for basketball. <laughs> So we just laugh at it because to a degree when you're when you're teaching young kids, I wouldn't recommend them to watch Steph as well because he does throw up crazy shots from like weird places. And but one of the things is that that I would have my kids watch is how he move across the floor. Exactly. Steph is one of the people you cannot sleep on. The work he puts on on every position of possession. Yeah, he he literally will run you to death until the whole shot clock be down to three, and then he's the one with the ball in the hand while you're on the other side of the court. Yes, man, and I keep trying to tell Omar, I'm like, look, I know you want to shoot threes, but I got to get your form correct. Just work on the form. Start with there, and then we go from there. You know, this is probably like the third podcast I might have mentioned that, but I'm going to make sure he listens to it. I keep telling him. Work on the form. You you will make every single basketball team you ever want to be on if you can hit a jumper and play defense. Pretty much. Like, any level. It doesn't matter. Especially if you can play good defense. If you play good, exactly. You play good defense and you can hit a 15-foot jumper, you'll be on every single team. I promise. And he kind of smiled when I said that. And he was like, okay, yeah. I, I give it a try that. I mean, my favorite mid-range person is actually Carmelo. Yeah, Carmelo was a beast. Like, on that first step and just blow past you real quick. Yeah, Yeah, his mid-range was literally probably the best thing ever invented. Because he he literally, within 15, he's making, he's knocking down any shot. It, it, It was automatic. I'm trying to think. I'll... Who else I could just I'm now you got me thinking. I'm like, nah, that was kinda of more of a three pointer. But I think Carmelo is probably the best example of any he's my favorite one. And of course you can go to your uh your throwbacks if you I don't know, would you throw Allen Iverson in there? When it comes to what aspect? Just like from the mid range, or was he just really just relentless? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was just a relentless person. Mid range wise, I would put him on to. Oh man, it wasn't really too many. I mean, back in that day, it was a lot of good mid range shooters. 
a lot of good ones, but I I would have to really go back and you know what? thinking who was really good at mid range. I tell you, I'm trying to think now, like when who I played with in 2K, Chris Bosh. Bosh was decent. He was ridiculous from mid range. Uh, I I can remember just him pretty much being automatic from 18 back, you know, or 18 up. It didn't really matter. You gave him too much space, and then he was so tall, he was hitting them over everybody. So. I think I, that that probably my comparison in there. Uh, I guess we can look ahead to game three real quick, man, and uh, we can get up out of here. We yeah. kind of moving right along with this podcast, man. You, I can tell you must talk for a living on the microphone or something there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, he he kind of ready to do this thing. So, uh, yeah. now game three is going to be at Golden State. Yeah, at Oracle, yeah. In Oracle, give me two things that you really looking forward to watching in the game. Oh uh, man, um, right now, uh, thinking about looking forward to Game Three is well. Right now, it's a confusion of who's gonna play Game Three. Okay, that is um, very important. Who's available? Yeah. So, but you know, as of right now, I see I see Clay gonna play. But if Clay doesn't play, I do see KD playing. Think and, so? Yeah. That's not what I'm hearing. So if if Clay does not play, KD will probably play. If KD does not play and Clay doesn't play, then I can see Toronto actually stealing a game in Oracle. But it like it all depends on the lineup situation. But we won't find that out maybe until tomorrow. But from what I'm hearing so far, Clay will probably play and KD may be making an appearance in game three. May not he'll start, but he won't play a lot of minutes. And then all of a sudden Clay just is Brett Favre of the NBA. All of the, like every injury that he didn't play through because he's a warrior for lack yeah. of a better term. Uh I mean I was not that aware of that, but you know. If he's a he's a gamer, I will give him that. It doesn't seem yeah. like the type that would let a small injury stop him from being available in the game. So yeah, as you know, Steve Kerr said it in the uh, post game interview last night. He was like, he, he's talk. He said he talked to Clay, and and Clay was like, yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll be good. And he was like, Clay could be dead, and he'll still tell you that he's good. <laughs> and he, he that's the type of person he is, and. And I've heard numerous of people tell me that, you know, because like I said, I went to school with Draymond. So, you know, when you hear him telling you something about something, it's like, okay, yeah, I could believe that Clay would yeah. be that type of guy that would, you know, stick up and be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to play. Okay. You're you're the second person that I've had on the podcast from Saginaw, Michigan. So is there any way that you can explain how much Draymond is Saginaw? in a nutshell, like, on the highest level? Oh, man. It's not just even him. It's all of us. You know, we all have that relentless, you know, fear aspect of us. Like, we don't, we up to any challenge. You know, when being where we're from, you know, we've seen so much of, you know, the the BS and the crazy killings and, you know, having to live day to day, making sure you're not a statistic from the city. Right. And being able to get out and get to that certain point in life of where you're doing something that you love, you don't want to let it go, and you're going to work your ass off to that point. 
And that's, you know, and that's his mindset. You know, he's going to work hard for his family. He's going to do this, because, not just because he loves it, but he has a whole city behind him. Right. And, and that's how he, and that's how he is. And that's what I do love about Draymond is like, I can see that it took him four years to get right, to get ready to go into the NBA, but it didn't stop him. You know, he basically, he worked himself into the NBA from the second round off the bench to being a key contributor to an NBA champion. And so that, it just shows a lot when you do have, when you have that hunger from Saginaw, because I'm very familiar with it, of course. And I see that in him all the time. And I try to explain it to other people. I was like, man, I could just... I see the Saginaw in him all the time when he on the floor. It's it's just so it's hard to explain to other people, but when you from there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and you you know, and I've always encouraged people like, yeah, if you ever get a chance, hey, come to a game. You know, come to that, come get that Saginaw High School versus Arthur Hill High School atmosphere. Straight up, and and then you will see why we are the way we are. And there's nothing against anybody else, but that's just how we roll. You know, we're from Saginaw. There's two things we don't like, and that's people that don't like Vargas and people from Detroit. <laughs> you know, that's just how we, that's just how we live. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. For those of you who don't know, Vargas is a brand of, um, I guess you say, food products, Mexican products, taco bread. Yeah. Tamales, hot sauce, all that stuff, man. And it's only found in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, very notorious for being very delicious. Uh, get you some if you can. They might be available online. At, or they, they, they are. They are. They're officially order. online. Okay. Like, yeah. I swear they was 20 years past when they should have been online. But you know how that is when you run in a family business. Right. You know, you just don't want to run out there and somebody take your stuff or whatever. So, man, but uh, what up, though, to the whole sag, man? All right. We uh, I wanted to make this one a little quick pop, man. Is there anything else you want to get in there for while I close it out? No, I mean, hey, you know, you can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and also Facebook. Just follow me at Mikhail's World. Um, you know, I'm literally everywhere right now, so I'm not that hard to find. Spell that out and for me. It's M-I-K-A-E-L-S World. All okay. one word. And like I said, you can find me on everything. I'm looking forward to game three. And we're, yeah, know that. you know, Warriors is going to definitely win this series, like I said, always. You know, we're going to have a four-time champ in all of them. It's going to be fun. Well, Cousins get his first. It's going to be fun. It, it's, it's definitely going to be one I'm looking forward to because – this is going to be a turning point for the whole series. That's not just hyperbole. This is actually a turning point in the series. It is 1-1. And, you know, I have a little more confidence in what the Toronto Raptors might be able to do. But, you know, it just can't never put anything past the words. I hate to hedge it like that. But that's why I ain't putting no money on it. But I definitely, if I had 100 bucks to spare, I probably would have put it on Toronto in seven at plus 600. I would have took that. Yeah. But the you know the one of the factors is in um oh bonus tape yeah the one <laughs> of the things in you know the fact of this game 
is that the amount of time let's just let's just say in some aspects that Clay is hurt. Game three isn't until Wednesday. That is true. There's a lot of time in between these games. I'm not very right. appreciative of this. I'm I'm used to <laughs> like the every other night and then the travel is the long break and right. then it goes every other night. Now they're just putting two days in between each game and I'm not feeling it. And 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 you know, when you look at it is um as of right now, Kevin Durant has practice as of today. As we do know. And we're looking at Wednesday being already still two days away. So, there's so. A, like I said, there is a possibility that KD will play game three. I don't think he's coming back. From what I'm hearing from other people who's plugged into the situation, I don't think he's coming back. I think he's done. If he... If he <laughs> Um, like just like um, a lot of them say, you know, it's more about the ring than anything else. Like we don't care about, you know, the cloud of what's going on at, you know, postseason and stuff like that. They don't care. The number one thing is we got to get this ring. The the outlook of everything else, like LeBron only has three rings. True. They have a chance. They have a chance to get four, and KD has a chance to get three. Regardless of what anybody says, you only this is your second team, KD. Get this other ring, and you're up there already. Yeah, you're you're and in the conversation automatically, right? And so, even then, there's still a chance that all the Warriors will be there next season. There's still that chance because, like I said, there's an opportunity where Iguodala may retire, Sean Livingston may retire. So. Right now, with DeMarcus Cousins actually being hurt after the season, he'll probably still be around. And then, like I said, KD can still stay and Clay can still stay because uh, you have a bunch of owners with the Warriors that don't really care about salary caps anyway. You, you're making a fair point. Now, I think when I said that, when I said he's not coming back, I know he definitely is not coming back for this series. Well, I ain't going to say I definitely know, but – from what I'm hearing, he's not coming back in this series. And then, you know, of course, there's the rumors that he might not come back as a warrior. And I don't know. He he's he's where he a little different. You know, yeah, he, 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 is he a little different, different, man. I don't like. I just can't put nothing past dude right now. Like, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't know. So, but but like I said, you know, if KD is relentless as he says he is. He will. We will see him this year. Okay. He will not care. Like you said, he get a lot of time off. So after the season's over with, you get your time off. You can go relax as much as you want. But right now, we got to get this ring. And that's how it has to be put. This is true, man. Well, we we know what James Harden is. He's definitely not a team player. But you saying no. that that LeBron Him, is not a team player? LeBron does not make teams better. Do you mean that in the sense of his leadership, or is it his play on the court? It, it, 
it's the play on the court that makes him not an 18 player. His leadership is great. Like, he he has great leadership qualities, but it's the fact that he does not make his teammates better while he's on the floor. Mm. So you if do... you look if you look at let's even let's look at um Cleveland. Yeah, because a lot of people say, "Oh, LeBron made the team better because he took them to the finals and everything else." Yeah, if I was six foot eight, weighed two hundred and something plus pounds, yeah, I'll run to the rim too. Right, but every time you, you got think, a chance. But you have to look at shot wise, like who takes who's taking the shot. Yeah, but when your numbers call, you're gonna take the shot. But if if LeBron is not making it where if you're going in there kicking it out and drawing the attention like you're supposed to without having to take a shot, then you're making your team better. But he's the one that the offense is running through. He's not making the team better. Mm. Even when we look at L.A., you have Kuzma and Ingram there that can literally give you 20 a game, but you're not feeding them the ball. You have to feed these guys the ball. Give them the ball. Let them do what they do as well. And then you're in the ground. But even then, when you when you look at Ingram and Kuzma, LeBron plays the same freaking position. Just about. Yeah. I'm, okay. I mean, here's the thing. Because you, miss, you mentioned Ingram. Ingram is a sore spot for me. Because I feel like he was oversold. And I did not get what I was advertised to get with him but you know i'm willing to give the young boys time so but right now i was sold him that he was going to be a shooter who could get their own shot in a lot of different situations and he can. And like I said, when we look at the first year that he came into the league, I think he was at, he averaged a good you know a good amount for a rookie. Yes, he did. He, it, it, that was a lot now, of good stats, bad team type numbers. Yeah. And so when we look at now, LeBron, everybody's stats are gonna go down once LeBron is on the team. But even Magic was like, yo, I'm not putting this team together for LeBron to run this team. I don't want LeBron to be the centerfold of this team, but eventually Lou Walton got to this point of where he ended up centering the whole offense around LeBron. And it kind of like, you know, they lost their fucking way. Like when LeBron was out, that should have been their time where they're going to show the fuck out. But, you know, my thing is Lonzo Ball is a fucking bust. They need to go and just get rid of him and make everybody fucking happy because he's not worth it. You wasted a number two pick. And y'all need to just eat that bullet and go ahead and get rid of him. Find you another point guard somewhere. And they could have had Jason Tatum. They could have had a lot of fucking people. <laughs> there were so many players in that draft. And it was just weird. It's like the marketing worked on Magic for him to take Lonzo Ball. There was mm-hmm. no obligation that you had to take Lonzo. Like, nobody no. actually said that you had to get the hometown guy. You know, yeah. but yeah. fucked up. Now he got a busted ass player that can't even finish a season with a weird jump shot motion. Like, I don't even know how he got so high in the fucking stock market on that situation. It it was weird. The, just looking back at the whole thing, the whole ball thing. Like, how did his dad really get him marketed up to the number two spot? I have no clue. I still can't can't really put my hands on it because 
we knew going into the draft, Jason Tatum was probably the most complete player. Yeah. Like, it was no question. He had all the skill sets. And just thinking about it, if if LeBron had Jason Tatum, I think we would be talking about this whole situation very differently. Very. I'm, it's it's one of the great what ifs in the draft, and I'm still even wondering. like even this draft is going to be interesting. This one is too, you know, because Zion going to New Orleans for sure, mm-hmm. unless somebody decides to do something crazy and, and putting him next to uh, AD. That's if AD and, wants to stay, which I've heard he's considering it. They're going to run him back out there. He's still got a whole year left on the contract. They're going to play it till February and see how it go. He ain't got no fucking choice but to sit there. They're going to play that one out. I, I don't really yeah. see him. None of the things about him sitting out or demanding trade before training him, I think it all sounds real idle. Like, I don't really buy any of that because he has a year left on the contract. You still got to abide by that. Yeah. Uh, but that that is... That's something I can't wait to see what's going to happen with that because the magic, not the magic, but magic really, really fucked up on that one. Yeah, that, that was his one. Um, uh, yeah, that was probably one of his baddest decisions, no man. And, you know, you got to sit there and eat it because, yeah, I mean, he ain't got to eat it, though, because he's off the job. Yeah, and then AD's people, too. They're leaking out some of that stuff. I don't really think they did that the right way either. They kind of, I feel like there was enough examples that they could have done it in a different way and still got it done. But I don't know. They felt like they just blew up the whole shit that, you know, they had. Oh, well, he just got to go now. They was like, nah, fuck that. We're not just taking anything. We'll, we'll ride it out. <laughs> like there, you're not the only shopper in this market. We can we can keep shopping around. Yeah, even though they, like he already said he doesn't want to go to the Lakers. So, but all right, man, we are right at the limit. So, man, I appreciate you coming on the pod. I appreciate everybody out here for listening to the Rundown South podcast. Got to know that you can follow the show at the Rundown South on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. And if you want to be on the show, you want to connect, you can email me, cl at therundown.com. And I think I might be bringing the voicemail box back very soon. Appreciate it, man. We out to you. Peace. This is the running down. This is the running down.